the greatest achievement of this insan the greatest achievement of this insan is that he becomes a complete and total slave of allah taala this is his highest achievement whatever else may be the case in terms of whatever he has achieved in the world outwardly all these things are of no significance if a person has not achieved the aspect of becoming a slave and allah's nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was taken on miraj to that point where no creation had ever gone but jibril sallallahu alaihi wasallam also stopped at a point and said from here onwards you go alone i cannot go beyond this and allah taala describes this greatest journey and this miracle that rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam was granted which no other nabi was granted allah taala describes it with that great quality of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam subhanalladhi asra bi abdi the glory be to allah tabaraka wa taala who took his abd nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was everything else also from all the other qualities that a person can possess but this was the highest achievement because he was the greatest slave of allah taala nobody can compare to that in any way and a slave a slave is totally dependent on the master at every step he is entirely dependent on his master so hasan basri rahmatullah alayhi bought one slave in those days people used to buy and sell slaves so he bought one slave and he brought him home and he asked him that what's your name so he the slave replied that what is my name does a slave have his own name whatever name the master calls him by that is his name so he said very well what will you eat so he said does a slave have any a uh, choice about what he will eat whatever the master will feed him he will eat very well what will you wear so does a slave have any choice in these things whatever the master gives him to wear that is his clothes when he asked a few questions more like this and this was the reply each time hazrat hasan basri rahmatullah alayhi was among the sayyidut tabi'in one of the greatest tabi'in he fell unconscious we might wonder what's something to fall unconscious about he fell unconscious after a while when he came around again people asked him what happened he said this person taught me what it means to be a slave and what kind of slave i should be of my rab so this is a slave that at every step he is totally dependent on his rab totally dependent on his master and when he is totally dependent at every step then what behaves of a slave is to keep asking and begging from the master alone and this is the aspect that we find in the life of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that his life was filled with dua throughout from morning till evening every occasion dua upon dua this is also as an aspect of the extent of his slavery of allah taala we find that our dua unfortunately 
is only when sometimes things come to a real crunch and the person feels that now he is absolutely gone, then too he'll come to somebody else to say, please make dua for me. And then as soon as something seems to have worked out, then he even forgets he made dua. And he doesn't even make sugar thereafter that this problem of mine went away, this difficulty is gone. Like the mushrikeen Allah Ta'ala speaks about in the Quran Sharif, وَإِذَا غَشِيَهُمْ مَوْجٌ كَالظُّلَلْ دَعَوُ اللَّهُ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ That when they are in their boats and they are in the middle of the ocean and suddenly the huge waves are coming over them like clouds and it seems like any moment this wave is going to crash on this boat and nobody will survive. Now they forget all their idols and they forget everything else that they did, all the shirk they committed. دَعَوُ اللَّهُ مُخْلِسِينَ لَهُ then they start calling unto Allah Ta'ala completely with ikhlas and purely and solely unto Him. And as soon as this problem goes away, فَلَمَّا نَجَّاهُمْ إِلَى الْبَرِّ Allah Ta'ala says when we bring that boat safely to shore, now they forget everything. They forget that they called to Allah Ta'ala alone at that time. And now again they get into all their idol worship. So unfortunately that is our condition as well. That when there is a problem, there is some difficulty, there is a person feeling himself now in the real crunch. Now he gets some tawfiq of making some dua. And when that problem is gone, then he forgets Allah Ta'ala also. Then he celebrates that the problem is gone in a haram way. So nevertheless, the issue is that this is supposed to be part of our life. Daily. It's not a case of problems. It's a case of us being slaves of Allah Ta'ala. And a slave has to ask all the time. He has to beg. And everything will come from Allah Ta'ala alone. So dua is supposed to be an integral part of a mu'min's life. From the morning till the evening, you look in the life of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, some duas were in the form of azkar, the form of zikr, various duas of the different occasions. But it's a dua as well, it's a zikr as well. And there were those duas which Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam raised his hands and spent great hours sometimes begging Allah wa ta'ala, beseeching him asking for the ummad asking for the safety and the salvation of his ummad and all the other various du'as that Nabi Salaam made so this is one aspect that we should have in our life that this should not should always be the case that the day of a mu'min is filled with du'a and at least some dedicated time some dedicated time where a person, one is for the barakat of dua, he recites some of the Quran, the duas in the Quran Sharif, some duas of the ahadith, then he asks from his heart, asking, that's dua. In whatever language he can ask best. Allah Ta'ala listens to the dua of an attentive heart. So to ask, to beg from Allah Ta'ala. And then whatever comes will come from Allah Ta'ala. Then it is no achievement of the beggar. The beggar put his bowl out. Then the person who put something, put a gold coin in there. Instead of one rand, he put a Kruger rand. It's no achievement of the beggar. It's an achievement of the giver. That he showered this generosity. The beggar is to just spread his bowl out. So this is a mu'min. And he keeps asking from Allah Ta'ala. So this is something we should make a part of us. And one is dua, 
in a dedicated way, with dedicated time, at least a few minutes in the day, at some dedicated time where there's no other distraction, and the person from the depths of his heart is communicating with Allah Ta'ala. But over and above that, at every occasion, he can talk to Allah Ta'ala directly from his heart. There's something that he needs to do. He first makes dua from his heart. Ya Allah, make this happen. Make this easy for me. Remove this difficulty. And all the various things that go along with it. So nevertheless, this is something that we should be making a practice of, that we make dua all the time. Among the duas of Rasulullah one very concise dua, which we will briefly discuss, and these du'as of Nabi Sallallahu on the one side is du'a, but it is ta'aleem as well. These du'as are filled with lessons for us. These du'as were a means of ta'aleem for the ummah. So we got to take those lessons also. So this very concise du'a, and if one ponders over the du'as of Rasulullah Sallallahu these du'as are also his mu'jiza, his miracle. A person who is not a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala can't make this kind of du'as. So concise and encompassing all the needs of dunya and akhirat. So in any case, this one du'a of Rasulullah that we recited at the beginning, Allah's Nabi used to make this du'a, Allahumma a'inni bil'ilm wa zayyinni bil'hilm wa akrimni bil'taqwa wa jammilni bil'afiyah O Allah, assist me by means of knowledge. Because knowledge is a great help. The correct knowledge. This is a very great help. This will help a person. And without knowledge, he's in darkness. If we just take, we just came for Isha Salah, we performed our wudu, we performed our salah. Without the knowledge of how to perform wudu, how to perform salah, where will that be possible? Without knowledge of how to have one's taharat correct, where the salah will be correct? In one place, in Durban, when Alim was conducting some classes, basic masail classes, and he mentioned the details of taharat, of ghusl. What are the faraiz of ghusl? That there are three fars of ghusl. You could goggle your mouth, put water into the nostrils to the end of the fleshy part and then the entire body from head to toe must be washed. Water must not, if they, not one dot must be left dry. He mentioned these three things as a matter of, like just as a revision, everybody is more than familiar with this and he went along. After the program one person phoned him, he didn't even have the courage to come directly perhaps or whatever the case is. Hour later he phoned him, he said, can you repeat what you discussed? So he discussed it again on the phone, explained to him, these are the three faraiz of ghusl. He said, but I'm married so many years, I didn't know this. And the person was a person who performed namaz five times a day in the masjid. But he's married so many years, and he didn't know that there were three fars of ghusl. He just washed his head from himself from head to toe. Sometimes if he perhaps by chance goggled his mouth, he goggled it, and he doesn't remember whether they ever put water into his nostrils. And he says, ah, life was carrying on. So can we imagine what a disaster it is when a person doesn't have the basic knowledge of deen? So knowledge is a great help. It will help a person to get his ibadat right. 
even before that to get his aqaid correct. Otherwise, there can be major problems that can come in a person's life as a result of the incorrect beliefs that he's entertaining. And nowadays there's a flood of all the kind of information from every direction, all the isms that are flooding, and a person just takes anything from anywhere, any book, any kind of program, and a person gets caught up in sometimes very, very dangerous aqaid and beliefs. So the correct knowledge from the correct sources. Person needs a fatwa on something, the fatwa is not from Mufti Google. Because Mufti Google is no Mufti. He needs to acquire ilm and knowledge from the correct sources, from the authentic sources, from those who will be able to guide him correctly. So ilm will be the one, the thing that will assist him to get his aqaid correct, to get his ibadat correct. With knowledge, it will help him to get his mu'amalat and his dealings correct. How often? Just in passing, a person just in passing, not that he came to ask something. In passing, he mentioned something as if how, uh, in a kind of, so to say, not necessarily self-praise, but he thought he was making shukar that, mashallah, how well this deal worked out for him. That from every angle, it was to his advantage. For example, one person gave somebody else goods to sell. He says, these goods are mine, it belongs to me. You sell it. And for every item you sell, whatever you make is yours, but I must get five rand on the item first. But the goods are mine. Anything gets lost, you're responsible. Gets damaged, you're responsible. That person accepted everything. So he felt, subhanallah, what a wonderful deal. They got my, my bread buttered on both sides. But it was getting buttered with both sides, but Allah knows best what he was buttering with. It's riddled with complete inconsistencies in terms of shariat. Now the profits that come from this kind of a transaction, where is going to be tayyib? Where is going to be halal and tayyib? And then the person suddenly feels that why I have no enthusiasm for deen? Why can I sit with a novel the whole night but I can't hold the Quran Sharif for five minutes? Why can I be watching haram for hours on end but I can't sit with the tasbih for one minute? Because something has happened inside. The heart has been corrupted with something. When the heart has been corrupted by haram nourishment, then the heart is king. Then the organs and the limbs of the body are not going to move in the right direction. So the right ilm will enable a person to do the right transactions. And that will make his rizq halal and tayyib. Otherwise a person will just be in darkness doing as he wishes. So that correct ilm will help him to get his mu'amalat correct. That correct ilm will help him to get all his other financial matters in order. It's a time of inheritance. Who needs to get what? And how much? And whose right needs to be uh, passed on to them fully, totally? The daughter's rights, the sister's rights. That nobody's rights are trampled in any way. If the person has the correct ilm, sometimes it's despite the knowledge, the person ignores it. And sometimes totally out of ignorance. The person just doesn't know what's right and wrong. So the correct ilm will enable him to do the right things in terms of his mu'amalat. The correct ilm will help him to get his mu'asharat correct. What are the rights of his parents? How should he be dealing with them? What kind of treatment he should be meeting out to his parents, to his neighbors? 
How should he be treating his wife? The correct ilm will help him with this. How should the wife be obeying the husband? He will learn about the life of Rasulullah because he's seeking the correct ilm from the correct sources. He'll learn about how Nabi did all these things. What kind of affection he showed to his wives? Aisha Siddiqa he says, if I took a bite from some piece of food, the Nabi would then pick that up and take a bite from the same spot. If I drank from some utensil, Nabi will turn it around to drink from the same spot that I drank. Now, what is, is this just something, by the way? We thought that this was something only for the honeymoon. That's why perhaps we said this before that many a times that for one month it's the full moon and thereafter it's total eclipse. So that was not the mu'ashirah that Nabi Islam taught. This, now he will learn what is the meaning of idkhalus sururi fi qalbil mu'min that among the greatest virtuous acts after the faraiz is to bring happiness to the heart of a mu'min. Any mu'min. So what if that mu'min is one's father? If that mu'min is one's mother? If that mu'min is one's husband? Or one's wife? Or one's children? They have a greater right. Now to show that affection, to show that love to one's parents, not just some formal dry, okay, if you need some help, then call on me. You got my number. Anytime you want me, I'm on call. So that is not the way that a person makes khidmat of his parents. And I'm called. Whenever you want me, I'm on call. No, he goes and makes ways and means of the khidmat. So this he will learn. With the correct knowledge, he will be able, this knowledge will help him to acquire it. Knowledge, the correct knowledge will be an aid to get his akhlaq in order. That what is the meaning of akhlaq and good character? When he has the right knowledge, he will learn that there is no Nothing weightier on the scales of good deeds. On the day of Qiyamah, min khuluqin hasan, than good akhlaq. So in any case, this is the first aspect that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam made dua for. And this dua is a lesson for us. That we should be making this effort to acquire the correct knowledge, but from the correct sources. We ask, we get the correct knowledge from the correct sources. We don't just pick up any book. We don't just listen to anything. Otherwise, sometimes we can end up listening to something which will totally distort what the correct knowledge is. Thereafter, Nabi continues with the dua, Allahumma inni bil ilm wa zayyinni bil hilm. O Allah, adorn me. Adorn me with hilm, with tolerance. This is adornment. Many a times, person seeks to adorn himself with all the outer things, the material things, the perishable things, the superficial things, the things that are just merely there, just in name. There's no reality to it. Person seeks to adorn himself with the kind of car he drives, or the kind of clothing he wears, that it must be something that everybody must really take notice of. Or the kind of watch he wears maybe. Or the kind of house he may have. If something is earned in a halal way, a person is not acquiring something in order to boast to others out of pride. It is within the limits of deen. It's a ni'mat of Allah Ta'ala. He uses it, makes shukar to Allah Ta'ala. 
But where this becomes the motivation, where this becomes the motivation that I must make a mark, I must be noticed, I mustn't seem out of place. People must sit up and take notice what I have or how I'm living. Then that is something that has passed the borders of permissibility. That intention and that motivation has now crossed beyond the border. As long as it's inside that border, it is a person has been blessed with halal wealth and he's using the ni'mats of Allah Ta'ala and making shukr and he is not doing it in order to show off to anybody, to boast in front of anybody. Alhamdulillah. He uses it in a correct way within the limits of deen. Alhamdulillah. And he uses it to help the servants of Allah Ta'ala together. But the adornments merely for the sake of making some kind of impression on somebody. So this is no impression that really it helps anyone. And therefore Nabi Salaam is teaching us what is the correct adornment? What is the real adornment? The real adornment inside. That if a woman has all the best jewelry, the most expensive jewelry, what money can't buy also. How she bought it after that, don't ask, because money can't buy it. But if she doesn't have any akhlaq in her, person got married to somebody who was outstanding in beauty, and she had, she came along with all the wealth and everything. And in the first meeting, she starts talking in an extremely abrupt and a rude manner. Already, half that attraction is already gone from his mind and heart. And it continues like that after he first thing, maybe the shock of the moment, maybe she didn't realize what she's saying. But then he sees that this is just part of her language. The kind of words that he never heard in his life, she's talking. So what happens to him in the next day or two? Now to even look at her evokes hatred. He wants to have nothing to do. He says, call it off. This eclipse came before even the full moon. So what happened? Everything is there still. The outward beauty hasn't changed one, one bird, one percent. It's not 60 years down the line now. It's barely not even 60 hours down the line. What changed? Nothing changed. Everything there is outwardly, is all there still. But the inside became apparent. And it became clear that there's no adornment inside. So all the outer adornments vanished. The attraction of the outer adornments all vanished. All superficial. In one moment, it all just became non-existent in his eyes. So the real adornment is inside. And just as we are talking about the example that a person got married to some woman, the other way around also, what adornment we have within ourselves, how do we deal with our, our wives? So the real adornment is inside, and this is Nabi Salaam teaching us, was a yinni bil hilm, Allah adorn me. Adorn me with tolerance. This is a great virtue. Person who has been blessed with tolerance, with helm, this is something which Allah Ta'ala loves. There was a deputation that came to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the deputation of Abdul Qais. They came from Bahrain. So in any case, a lengthy incident. But at the end of that incident, or in that incident, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam addressed the leader and he said to him that inna fika khaslatani yuhibbuhum Allah. Because he, when everybody else, as they approached and they saw Nabi Salaam from a distance, 
They just abandoned everything and they ran in that uh, emotion that they were overcome with. So that emotion itself was very good. But Allah's Nabi was teaching something that together with that emotions, there should be this other aspect of tolerance and this farsightedness. So he first, he didn't run. He gathered everybody's things, put it together one side. Then he changed his clothes, cleaned himself because he came from a long journey. And then he presented himself very nicely to Nabi Sallallahu So having observed all this, Nabi Sallallahu said to him, you have two qualities which Allah Ta'ala loves very greatly. First quality is Al-Hilm. That you have control over yourself. You do not become overcome by the moment. Whether it is a moment of excessive joy, or a person has been provoked, or it's a moment of extreme grief, whatever the situation, he's under control. He also has his emotions, he's human being after all. He's not made out of mud, or clay, or rock, or stone, or iron. He's an insan, he has the emotions that other insans have, but he's under control. So when he's under control, now he doesn't start saying things which tomorrow is going to regret. Now he has to start writing apology notes and sending SMSs that please, I didn't know what I was saying. So if you didn't know what you're saying, why you said it? So when he's under control, he won't have to retract what he said. And sometimes it's not possible to even retract. The damage is done too, too deep. The trigger has already been pulled. And everything is already done. So this aspect of helm. Sometimes a person says, well, I was provoked. Luqman he said three things can be understood only in three conditions, three situations. There are three things which can only be recognized in three conditions. Al-hilmu and al-ghadab. Tolerance can only be judged at the time when a person is provoked and his anger has been raised. Now you'll be able to judge what kind of tolerance he has. Otherwise, if everybody is all smiling and happy, what are you going to judge the person's tolerance? So tolerance is for that moment. And he said bravery, because bravery, a person can talk big. To talk is very cheap. A person can talk big. But suddenly there was a big noise outside. And looking for him, you find him under the bed. So now you came to know what is his level of bravery. So bravery, he said, in the harb. On the battlefield, you'll be able to judge bravery. Otherwise, to talk is very easy. And the third thing, Who is a true brother? You'll come to know in the time of need only. When it's a time of need, then you'll be able to judge. Who is a true friend? Who is a true brother? So that aspect of provo- provocation, that is a time of tolerance. Al-hilmu bit-tahallum. Knowledge is by learning, by acquiring it. Hilm and tolerance is by making an effort to acquire that, by suppressing the incorrect emotions at that time. So this is an adornment, this is part of husni akhlaq, of good character. And it's a very fundamental part of good character. And it's something that takes a person at great speed ahead. You look in the life of Rasulullah what kind of tolerance he displayed, what kind of situations came about? In the middle of the Sahaba Ikram, person comes, grabs onto the sheet of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, which had a coarse edge, and he jerks it with force. 
and he says murli mimmalillah that give me something from the wealth of allah taala it's not your wealth it's not your father's wealth imagine somebody talking to us like that it's not your wealth it's not your father's wealth he's a bedouin he had no opportunity to learn any other any etiquette first time he came and he came with one thing in his mind that i'll get something so he came and he asked in this manner what is allah's nabi sawsum's response he looks at him and he smiles for us it will be an effort to just keep our mouth closed nabi sawsum looks at him and he smiles and then he says give him something and not a hint of any kind of anger any kind of displeasure nothing and this we find in the lives of the sahaba ikram the lives of the tabi'in imam abu hanifa rahmatullah alayhi two incidents of his which we perhaps discussed at some previous occasion but these are so filled with inspiration which teach us these lessons one person came or he was walking and one person came and started walking along and he is hurling abuse at him saying very very hurtful things and abusing him imam sahab carried on walking very quietly and as they came to a point now where imam hanifa rahmatullah alayhi had to go to the right because his house was on the right and this person had to go on the left so he stopped and he said to the person who was abusing him that look i have to go to the right you got to go to the left so i will stop here now and i will, I will wait you carry on until you have finished saying what you want to say then i will go otherwise if i just turn you might get left with certain things you want to say now this amount of hilm one person came and slapped him in the middle of a gathering because sometimes allah taala creates this kind of situations well allah taala elevates certain people's positions in this way and unfortunately some people get destroyed in this way by their wrong action so in any case this person came and in the middle of the gathering he slapped him imam abu hanifa rahmatullah alayhi addressed him and said to him that look if i retaliate if i take revenge now and i slap you the way you slap me i will be entitled to do it because you slap me so i am entitled to take this amount of revenge but i won't do that if i tell my friends who are here that they should retaliate on my behalf to the extent that you hurt me i will be entitled to do it but i won't do that also if i want i can go to the qazi and lay a complaint and the qazi will take action on my behalf if i do that i'll be entitled to that because you have wronged me you have harmed me but i won't do that also if i want on the day of qiyamah i can ask for compensation on that day that you harmed me in the world i want to be compensated and that will be you know, as they talk about it big time because there a person's good deeds will be taken so i can ask for compensation on the day of qiyamah but i won't do that also instead inshallah allah taala sends me to jannat and if allah taala gives me the permission to take somebody else along i'll take you along Now, this is helm this is tolerance and this is that adornment that we are sitting today and discussing because it has such an attraction in it nobody talks about the wealth imam abu hanifa rahmatullah alayhi was a very wealthy merchant but we talk about these qualities about him and we talk about his wealth we talk about how he dealt in it otherwise the outward things 
that will all perish one day. And its discussion will perish also. But what were the inner adornments of a person that stay alive? So this is what Nabi Sallallahu is teaching in this, in this dua. Allah adorn me with this tolerance. Then the other two aspects in the dua time is already up. We'll very briefly terminate with this. Oh Allah grant me honor by means of taqwa. The most honorable among you is the one who has the greatest taqwa. Honor doesn't come from anything else. The adornments we have been talking about, honor doesn't come from those adornments. Honor comes from the obedience of Allah Taala, And this is what will give a person honor in this dunya and honor in the akhirat. And that is the real honor. To be honored in the sight of Allah Taala. Hazrat Umar when he was on his way to conquer Baytul Maqdis. And on the way, he was met by Hazrat Abu Baydah bin Jarrah and he was wearing his very old garments, patched. So they suggested to him that, look, you rather take this better garments and uh, ride a better animal. You are going, you're going to be talking to these people. So, it's a lengthy incident, but at the end of it, Umar became very upset at this suggestion. And he said to them, نَحْنُ قَوْمٌ أَعَزَّنَ اللَّهُ بِالْإِسْلَامِ That we are a nation who Allah Ta'ala has elevated and given us respect and honor on the basis of deen, on the basis of Islam. And if we seek this honor and respect in anything besides Islam, Allah Ta'ala will disgrace us and debase us. And this is the condition of the ummah today. As a whole, this is the condition of the ummah. Because we have sought this respect in everything but deen. In the kind of lavish wedding we might have, we thought that was a source of izzat. In the kind of other things that we wasted our money in, we thought that might bring up some kind of respect for us. All the various other types of things that carry on in society. But that doesn't bring izzat. Izzat comes from Allah wa ta'ala, and it comes on deen. So, وَأَكْرِمْنِي بِالتَّقْوَىٰ وَجَمِّلْنِي بِالْعَافِيَةِ Ya Allah, grant me afiyat in everything, safety, and all kinds of, from all kinds of difficulties, hardships. Ya Allah, grant safety from all this. The safety comes as a result of the taqwa. When a person has taqwa in his life, then the help of Allah Ta'ala is with him. So this is a very concise dua that Nabi Islam used to make. And this is something we should be making. The lessons that are in this dua we should be taking. And as we mentioned right at the beginning, dua is something that should be a part and parcel of our life. Every day, no day should go by without some dedicated time for dua. Where we talk to Allah Ta'ala, beg from Him. And over and above that, while a person is walking, while he's driving, while he's doing whatever, from time to time he is talking to Allah Ta'ala, Ya Allah, make this easy for me, enable this task to take place, whatever else keeps heart occupied in dua. This is a means of gaining the proximity of Allah Tabaraka wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala grant us all the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Recite Guruji. La ilaha illallah
محمد الرسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم ہو جائے میرا دل ایک میدان تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو ہو تو ہی تو غیر سے بالکل ہی اٹھ جائے نظر تو ہی تو آئے نظر دیکھو جدر اور میرے تن میں بجائے آب و گل درد دل ہو درد دل ہو درد دل نفس و شیطان دونوں نے مل کر ہائی کیا ہے مجھ کو تباہ اے میرے مولا میری مدد کر چاہتا ہوں میں تیری پناہ مجھ سا خلق میں کوئی نہیں گو بد کردار ناماسیہ تو بھی مگر غفار ہے یا رب بخش دے میرے سارے گناہ تو رہے بستا دم آخر ورد زبائے میرے الہ 
اب تو آجا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی ہر تمنا دل سے رخصت ہو گئی اب تو آجا اب تو خلوت ہو گئی مٹا دے اپنی ہستی کو چھوڑ دے ساری بستی کو بستی بستی کہتا جا اللہ 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 لا الہ الا اللہ محمد الرسول اللہ صلی اللہ تبارک و تعالی علیہ وسلم اللہم لکا الحمد کلہ و لکا شکر کلہ اللہم لا نحسی ثنان علیک انت کما اثنیت علی نفسک جز اللہ عنا نبینا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما هو اہل ربنا ولمنا انفسنا و علم تخفل لنا و ترحمنا لنکونن من الخاسرین رب اخفر ورحم وعفو و تکرم و تجاوز عما تعلم انکا انت العز الاکرم ربنا توفنا مسلمین و الحقنا بالشہداء والصالحین غیر خزایا ولا نداما ولا مفتونین اللہم ثبتنا على الایمان و امتنا على الایمان وحشرنا يوم القیامة مع الایمان یا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دینک یا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتک اللہم اعنا بالعلم و زیننا بالحلم و اکرمنا بالتقوى و جملنا بالعافیة الہو العالمین یا اللہ او موس مصفل اللہ موس گریشیس اللہ الہو العالمین یا اللہ فرگیو آل او میجے انمائن سنز یا اللہ یا اللہ فرم ہیٹ ٹو ٹو وی آر ڈراؤننگ ان سن یا اللہ یا اللہ آل یور نعمت سار پورنگ اپون اس and we have used everything against you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive this major crime of ours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Forgive the sins we have committed deliberately, Ya Allah. Forgive the sins we have committed mistakenly, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the sins of the night, forgive it, Ya Allah. Forgive the sins of the day, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the entire ummat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, save us from all the evils, Ya Allah. Save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us, save the youth of the ummat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save the woman of the ummat, Ya Allah. Save the men of the ummat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, only with your protection can we be protected, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us a tawfiq of pleasing you every moment of our life, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Fill our hearts with the love of the sunnah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from the ways of your enemies, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, keep us on sirat mustaqeem Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, throughout the world, wherever the Muslims are suffering, remove their hardships and difficulties. 
Alameen, remove the oppression from the Muslims, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, hold back the hands of the oppressors. Ya Allah, grant the oppressors also hidayat. Ya Allah, if hidayat is not written for them, Ya Allah, wipe them out from the face of this earth. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, remove the difficulties of each person, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who are hungry, give them food to eat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who are without clothes, give them clothing to wear, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, those who are ill, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Ilahul Alameen, those who are without jobs, Ya Allah, give them halal and tayyib rizq, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from every drop and every grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from every type of haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant the akhlaq of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, fill our hearts with the akhlaq of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, grant us the great gift of tolerance, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, grant us taqwa, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with nur of taqwa, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from all the evils, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, protect our eyes from zina, Ya Allah. Protect our hearts from zina, Ya Allah. Protect our tongues from all the evils and sins, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, save us from ghibat, Ya Allah. Save us from, Ya Allah, lying, Ya Allah. Save us from evil and futile talk, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from everything that will displease you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, all those who have passed away from our families, from the entire ummah, Ya Allah, make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Fill their covers with noor, Ya Allah. Give them the highest ranks in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, at the time of our death, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on tawbat and nasuh. Ya Allah, take us on iman and kamil. Ya Allah, take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us, Ya Allah, the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, give us jannatul firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all that Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ya Allah, we are begging for all that good as well, Ya Allah. Whatever Nabi Islam sought refuge from, Ya Allah, we are also seeking refuge from it, Ya Allah. Rabbana taqabal minna, innaka anta sami'ul alim. Wa tub alayna, ya maulana, innaka anta tawabur rahim. Wa